Hello and welcome to Reading the Bible Cover to Cover in 365 Days. My name is Andrea Lendy, author of the book and Bible reader and studier for over a decade. And I'm excited to share some thoughts with you about today's reading. Welcome to day 242 of Reading the Bible Cover to Cover in 365 Days. Let us pray. Oh Lord, thank you for teaching us that you are our strength and our protector. Help us learn to lean on and rely on you more today. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's see what Jesus is teaching us in Luke chapter 20. Jesus went toe-to-toe with the religious leaders of the day in this chapter. First, they asked him where his authority came from that allowed him to do the things he did in the temple. For example, he had just cleared the temple of merchants and was now teaching the people. He didn't answer them directly, but answered them with a question a question they couldn't answer because it would convict them. Then Jesus told the parable of the man who rented out his vineyard but was unable to collect from the renters. The tenants treated all the people who came to collect very badly. They even killed the owner's son. Of course, we have read this before and know that the owner is God, and the tenants are the church leaders. The church leaders knew he was talking about them and were on the hunt to get rid of Jesus. They sent spies to ask questions that they hoped Jesus would trip up on, but of course he didn't. Jesus saw through their tactics and continued asking him more questions. They asked about the resurrection, and the ones who asked didn't actually believe in a resurrection. These men continued to show their falsehood as they interacted with Jesus, and Jesus assures them they will be crushed. Believers fall on the cornerstone, and sin is broken off of them. However, the unbelievers are crushed as the stone falls upon them, or in real terms, as Jesus' judgment comes against them. Verse 38 is a favorite of mine and says, Now he is not the God of the dead, but of the living. For to him all men are alive, whether in the body or out of it, and they are alive, not dead, unto him, in definite relationship to him. We can be extraordinarily thankful the Lord sent his Son to provide a way for us to have a real relationship with him. Well, let's see what Paul is teaching the Corinthians in chapter 11. Paul is still defending himself to the Corinthians, They had received other teachers and held them in high regard. They wore nicer clothing and asked for and received money from the church, something Paul didn't do. These men must have touted their credentials because Paul compares their credentials to his. He tells them he is an Israelite, a descendant of Abraham, just like the false teachers were. However, the credentials they didn't have were all the beatings Paul suffered. They weren't persecuted as he was because he told the truth while they taught what people wanted to hear. In verses 13 and 14, he wrote, For such men are false apostles, counterfeits, deceitful workmen, masquerading as apostles, special messengers of Christ the Messiah. And it is no wonder, for Satan himself masquerades as an angel of light. Yes, there are false teachers today that dress themselves up, make themselves up, and take people's money too. May God give us the wisdom to know the difference between false teaching and godly teaching. We start a new book today called Song of Solomon. There is controversy over its meaning. Some believe it is representative of God's love for Israel. Some believe it is a godly teaching of the marriage relationship. And some believe it is an actual account of what happened in Solomon's life. I encourage you to read the introduction for more information on the context of this book. Do your own research and come to your own conclusions. I'll be sharing my thoughts from both relationships. God loving his people and a man and woman loving one another. Chapter 1 identifies the contents of this book as the Song of Songs, the most excellent of them all, which is Solomon's. Solomon wrote over 1,000 songs, and this was the one that was deemed to be the best. 
We read about the young woman who desires to be kissed by Solomon. She is brought into his home, and then she starts talking about her insecurity. And isn't that what we do? We want something and then immediately back away because of our insecurities. It is one of our human flaws. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7 says, For God did not give us a spirit of timidity, of cowardice, of craven and cringing and fawning fear, but he has given us a spirit of power and of love and of calm and well-balanced mind and discipline and self-control. In this young woman's case, she fears the color of her skin will diminish the affection of her beloved. She is, of course, wrong, as most insecurity leads us down the wrong path. She goes on to talk about all the things she loves about him, though. In chapter 2, she starts out diminishing her beauty again, but Solomon tells her she is like a lily compared to all the other maidens who are likened to thorns. Verse 4 has been made into a song children sing in Sunday school. His banner over me is love. We too can look to God as our banner of love. Imagine a banner of love covering us, covering us and protecting us from the enemy. Verse 11 is underlined in my Bible and says, For behold, the winter is past, the rain is over and gone. I took this as a promise from God when I had gone through some difficult times. God was showing me I was coming into better times. If you are in a tough season, may this verse comfort you today. Verse 14 is meaningful as well as we read about being protected in the cleft of the rock. God is our protector. May we be confident in him as he watches over us. Verse 16 says, My beloved is mine and I am his. I like to think we are God's and not the world's. So take comfort in this passage as well. Let's see what we can learn from Psalm 61. David prays to the Lord, and it is such a great pairing with what we've just read in the Song of Solomon. He prays that God will lead him to a rock that is higher than he currently stands on. He tells God that he has been a shelter and a refuge for him. And then verse 4 says, I will dwell in your tabernacle forever. Let me find refuge and trust in the shelter of your wings. Could we replace these words with, let me find refuge and trust in the cleft of the rock? Very much so. God is our refuge, our shelter, and our high tower. Let us take refuge in him today. Let us pray. Oh Lord, thank you for being the one we can run to when this world lets us down. Thank you for watching over and protecting us. Father, help us leave our burdens and worries with you today and allow you to take care of all the circumstances in our lives. Hide us in the cleft of the rock and in the shadow of your wings. Keep us yours, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for walking this journey with me and being a faithful reader of God's word. I pray that he shows himself as the God who loves you deeply and cares about every detail in your life. Come back tomorrow for some more thoughts and insights as you read God's word.